1: Get paid for your pet, get paid for your pet, get paid for your pet,
0: get paid for your pet. Welcome everybody, another episode of Get Paid for Your Pad, the podcast about Airbnb hosting. And today I'm very excited to have a friend and entrepreneur traveler and just a really cool person in general his name is denny flood welcome to the show
1: hey jasper
0: great to be here thank you so much so denny you're doing a lot of cool things you ha- you run your own podcast you have a website uh, i know you've uh you've done all sorts of businesses in the past uh, do you want to give our listeners a background uh, of yourself
1: yeah sure um Several years ago, I graduated from the Art Institute with an advertising degree, and um, after I graduated college, I just felt like uh, I kind of had a quarter-life crisis, and um, the only jobs that were, were out there, this was in the height of the recession, were you know $9 an hour crappy jobs, and I was like, is this what I have to look at for the rest of my, uh, is this what I have to face for the rest of my 30, 40 years from now, or rest, excuse me, Thirty or forty years, and uh, I just got really depressed. So I decided that um, I was going to strike out on my own, uh, come what may, and um, I've been doing that ever since.
0: Awesome, man. sounds Sounds great. And I know you've uh, you you've traveled uh, a lot. We've we've talked about this. Um, um, let's let's go into traveling. Uh, what are some of the ways that you've um, used? Uh, uh, find different accommodations in, in, during your travels.
1: Uh, sure. So um, I guess going back a little bit, uh, I didn't talk about my travel too much, but I've been traveling the last four years to over uh, thirty countries now. Um, and when I started out, uh, I, would, I was a little bit scared. You know, I, I never really traveled too much. Um, so I started out with a trip to just to Mexico, um, and I, I wanted to go down there for two months to get out of my comfort zone just as an experiment. Uh, I grew up in southern San Diego, California, so um, Mexico is the obvious frontier for me. And uh, I spent two months on there, and all I did was I just I traded this lady. Uh, I said, you know, um, I'll help you design a website in exchange. I want to stay for two months for free. And she agreed to that. And I've actually done a lot of those trades all around the world, uh, a lot of barter. And, um, if, if you are familiar with a lot of travel bloggers, a lot of them do these types of barters and these trades. Um, and, uh, anyway, so long story short, that was my first time living abroad and everything worked out great. And after that, I, I went to South America for four months. I was backpacking around there. Um, I've spent over a year in in Asia and, uh, especially Southeast Asia. And, um, that was just one barter I've done. And ever since then, I've kind of. Uh, what's great about travel is being in these new environments. It really facilitates uh, the development of new skills that you never would uh, think of of developing if you just stayed back home. Absolutely. So I kind of
0: I can totally relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so it's interesting that you start when you started out traveling, you. Uh, you you started with um, bartering accommodation for for skills, which is which is interesting because you know we're going to get into Airbnb and the sharing economy in general. So it sounds like uh, the way you started was was already very very much all about sharing and exchanging uh, skills and and uh, and assets, which is something that, which is really what the sharing economy is about.
1: Yeah, exactly. And um, <clears throat> I don't think I would have ever. Uh, gotten into the sharing economy uh, as much as I have if I hadn't traveled. Um, because, I, I mean, Airbnb is, is obviously the obvious leader in the sharing economy uh, marketplace. Uh, but there's so many other resources. And um, part of what it was for me was um, since I started out as an entrepreneur, uh, I, I never had you know a stable paycheck to fall back on. So I was always paranoid that you know I could be uh, in debt or, or my bank account balance would run out you know, in the next month or two months. And so it forced me to develop these kinds of skills. And um, I started out, when I started traveling, I was pretty much broke. Uh, I, I did grow my advertising business to uh, over 60,000 a year um, while working only 10 hours a week. And I did that all through systems. And I was able to travel to all these countries and do it that way. Um, but then when I quit that business, I didn't have that income anymore. And I, I was still wanted to travel. Uh, and then, so I started to get creative again, and I, I learned all these different uh, sharing economy resources that are out there, and I've been using them ever since.
0: What some? What, what are some of the? Do you, uh, you plat- want to talk? Yeah. What's? What are some of the platforms that you've been using the most during your travels?
1: Well, I'm glad you asked, <laughs> because uh, I actually, I actually took a list of resources before this interview. Um, <clears throat> I do use couch surfing a lot, and not for the reasons that you might think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh it's it's actually a great networking tool. Um and I actually talk about this if you visit my blog, Open World Mag, Open World Magazine, openworldmag.com. Mm-hmm. Um it's a lifestyle design resource and uh I use websites like couchsurfing to they have these forums in every city around the world and um often I'll go on there and I'll I'll tell people that I'm coming and uh I'll have locals that will meet me when I arrive. Uh sometimes at the airport and they show me around, and and I get to do all these things, these cool things with these locals, and I never have to pay a dime. Um, You know, while other people are taking tours and they don't get any interaction with the real culture of the place they're visiting, um, I get to have firsthand uh, experience with people who live there, and it's it's enriched my life in in so many ways. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And this is one of the reasons why I like Airbnb very much. and Why I think Airbnb has gotten very popular is because people are looking for that local experience. Now, it's so different when you're staying in a hotel and you don't know anyone versus you're staying with a person who is a local and who will provide you with information and recommendations or will even hang out with you during your stay. It's just a completely different experience.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then it's it's basically you have two sides to the coin. Um, you have the person who is sharing the resources. In your case, you have the apartment, and you're renting the apartment through Airbnb. And then you also have the person who uh, wants access to the resources. Mm-hmm. And both the accessor and the provider are both empowered in ways that they would not otherwise be uh, without this model in place. And it's not just limited to Airbnb. It's lim- it's 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 everything. I mean, even you know, if I, if I ask people, if I tell people about couch surfing, they'll say, why would you host someone uh, on your couch for free, you know, and, and not charge anything? Like, people really do that? And I said, yeah, and it's, it's actually really rewarding for the host as well as the surfer.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's a... Uh... You know, I can imagine. I haven't used Couchsurfing as much uh, myself, but I can I can imagine you'll just build up this huge database of of, of people that you know all around the world, and um, so it, it'll probably enable you as a Couchsurfing host to stay at other people's places for free.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and it's not just the financial aspect of it; it's also the exchange that you just mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. Some of the best friends that I've made all around the world. I mean. I've traveled over thirty countries, but uh in the beginning I wasn't using these uh sharing economy platforms. I was uh I kind of had to figure everything out myself. And um, you know, the, the old way I was using of networking was very inefficient. Um, and so uh I've I've been very fortunate the last six months or seven months I've been traveling around Southeast Asia and I I have made so many friendships just in every country around here, in Taiwan, Malaysia philippines uh just just really good friends and i know i can go back there anytime and be welcome and and it's it's almost like this huge interconnected family mm-hmm. of, of people from different countries and it's it's just fantastic mm-hmm. absolutely and have
0: you you have actually hosted people using couchsurfing
1: uh yes yes i have done both couchsurfing couch and airbnb um not to the extent that i want to because uh because I've I've always been on the move and I haven't been I've never stayed in one place for two for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, but my my kind of my new strategy is I want to t- kind of use both interchangeably. Like I want to be able to host people on my couch, but then also rent out my entire apartment. So mm-hmm. since I'm I'm kind of I have no plans to return anytime soon. I want to travel forever. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my plans is is to just rent a place in each city that I visit, and then uh, kind of what I've been doing lately is I'll I'll put it up on Airbnb. Um, and then if someone books it for four days or five days, and I'll I'll kind of use that as a hub, and then I'll go travel around while the place is booked, and yeah. then I'll kind of pay for the, those little trips that I make around different countries.
0: That's a really that's a really smart way of doing it, um, because yeah, when you're traveling, it's more difficult to use Airbnb. When you think about Airbnb hosting, you think about people who own a house or who are renting a house long term. But even if you're traveling and you're renting a place for one month. Um, you can you can put it up on Airbnb and rent it out for a weekend, or, or or four or five days, and 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 use that uh, money to to visit some some places nearby. That's a you know I've never thought about that. That's actually that's a really interesting point.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess it just goes back to my. Um... My entrepreneurial mindset just because of uh, never having a stable paycheck and mm-hmm. um, always wanting to save resources whenever I can so right I, I, I don't like the idea of, of renting a place and being stuck there mm-hmm. but then on the other hand I don't like I like having the place when I need it but then if I want if I want to you know take a week to go somewhere else in the country it's nice to know that, that I can just have someone stay in my apartment and that pays for my trip basically. yeah
0: that's awesome mm-hmm. And how many how many people have you hosted so far on, on Airbnb,
1: uh, so far only three. Um, but again, that's just because I've, I've been on the move so much. Um, but I'm definitely looking to increase that that number. Um, one one weakness of this model is that obviously you don't have the uh, long term approach. You don't take a long term approach, so you don't have the reviews built up and, and that. But um, I do find that you still get inquiries, even if it's a new Airbnb listing.
0: Uh huh. So you found you found it easy to sort of get started with Airbnb or did you have any
1: concerns? Um, well, I mean, you always have concerns anytime you do something new. My, my main concerns are mostly related to landlords. Um, and any, any condos or, or apartments that are professionally managed that have, you know, security guards and stuff. I'm a little bit worried that, you know, mm-hmm. they're going to try to shut my operation down. Right. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. So did you, did you let your
0: landlord know? No, when you rented it out?
1: Well, I, I checked out the lease agreement, and um, basically it said that if, if anyone stays for more than 10 nights, uh, that I have to pay them, I have to pay them extra if I have any guests stay for more than 10 nights. Mm-hmm. So anything for that is, is fair game. Oh, cool. And so fortunately I haven't had, uh, haven't had anyone stay for longer than 10 nights.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, and that's actually <clears throat> pretty rare as far as my experience goes. Um, I think I think the average, uh duration of an Airbnb stay is something like three three or four nights. So I think that stays of over ten nights are actually pretty rare.
1: Yeah, I find that to be pretty typical, about three or four nights. uh, Most of the inquiries that I get um but was really great I was following your book and um I was following the model that you set and uh the way that you've systemized the Airbnb process. I find it really works really well and the execution uh, it was very streamlined, and mm-hmm. um, I actually saw a lot of similarities in the process that you've developed with Airbnb, and uh, the systems and processes that I developed in my own business, which is completely unrelated, but it's, it's an advertising business, uh, that I systemized it, and I was able to get it all automated, kind of like what you did, mm-hmm. so I was working only about 10 hours a week, whether I was in South America, or Thailand, or Eastern Europe.
0: And, and how did you how did you automate that business? Like, what were the different different aspects?
1: Well, I guess that every good system starts with a need um, and identifying the greatest need in any operation or business. And in this particular business, in my business, uh, digital advertising, the biggest and most uh, time consuming activity that I spent was prospecting for new leads. Um, and what I what I realized I listened to a podcast by my friend, maybe uh, not a podcast but a, a webinar. My friend Kevin Wilk. Have you heard of Kevin Wilk? No. Nope, uh, he's he's an online marketer, and basically what he said is that uh, if you follow this consulting model, you only need five or six clients to make a full time income. And when I realized that, it was a big aha because um, I realized that I was trying to chase too many unqualified leads, and so I systemized the communication aspect with my clients and um i learned to uh fully monetize those clients by increasing lifetime value and getting them to become lifetime customers uh-huh. and the way i did that was i identified these milestones like you did uh, pre-booking uh booking post-booking so when i would uh have a consultation with them or when they would sign a contract these are milestones and then a certain event would happen to these milestones where i would send them some form of communication. Or even a gift so I would always send gifts you know on birthdays um, you know when a project was complete I would send them a certificate letter and a plaque uh, things like this that no other companies in my industry were doing but it, it created these enthusiastic customers who, who stuck around and hired me for life mm-hmm. and they, they, they paid me the fees I wanted and they, they sent me other business
0: yeah and I think the common de- denominator here is building a personal relationship and this is something that uh, that's really important as an Airbnb host, because you want to build a bit of a relationship before your guest even arrives at your apartment. Because in the end, people want to work with people that they like, and for in, in order to to make people like you, well, obviously you have to be, you know, you have to be nice, but you have to put in the effort to build that little relationship. So, you know, just to give you an example. Mm-hmm. I actually traveled to Paris a while ago and I booked an Airbnb place and the get, the host didn't really communicate with me. So I I got on the train in Amsterdam and I still hadn't heard from the host how she was going to meet me and how I was going to get access to the house. So, you know, I didn't feel very comfortable going to to paris i thought well if this person is not going to show up then i'm you know i'm going to have to book a hotel and um it's you know it's not something to the want, that you look forward to so um so what the host didn't do well was it, she didn't communicate with me and i didn't feel like i knew her and, and that and that and that way i didn't really trust her and i think trust is is really important in business as well as in Airbnb. If you build a personal relationship with somebody and that person trusts you, then that person will want to do business with you. Whether it's you know in your advertising business or or Airbnb, it's it's the same thing.
1: Yes, uh, it's all about relationships, and the beauty of it all is that you can systemize it. Uh, just like you did with Airbnb when you host. And you can apply it to different platforms and different uh, business models. Mm -hmm. So where I actually learned this stuff was from Dan Kennedy. Uh, Dan Kennedy is a marketing author who wrote uh, No BS Direct Marketing. And what he says is that you have to kind of keep your herd strong. and You have to keep a strong fence around them. And what he means is that uh, they need to be touched by some form of communication. And he he recommends uh, at least one touch of communication per week. Mm-hmm. and it's so i realized you know that's yeah and, and that's so if, if you can take that communication and you can systemize this and you can apply it to airbnb this this customer experience you can apply this to any platform and it's not just airbnb but it can be um any type of business and if you're able to systemize it that's the ultimate form of leverage because mm-hmm. everything comes down to relationships
0: right and um you know the way that um i approach my airbnb business as a as as is uh, as I've written it in the book. Um it's something that you can apply to different sharing economy platforms. And you know, I know we we talked uh at me and Danny we talk a lot and we talked about different wow. platforms in the sharing economy and I thought it'd be interesting to to touch on that because for, yeah. for people who are interested in Airbnb hosting, they're probably also interested in other types of sharing economy platforms. But uh, a lot of people might not be aware of what's out there. So let's quickly talk about that. And I know you, you mentioned earlier to me uh, a, a platform for uh, sharing your car. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, I have... I actually, have a whole list of resources that I can touch on, including um, uh, sharing your car. I've written about all of these in my book. Uh-huh. Uh, I have a forthcoming book coming out uh, within the next couple of months. And uh, can I have the title it up? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the title is called "Buy Your Own Island," and the idea is um, how you're able to make your biggest dream goals a reality uh, in the here and now. And uh, I take the idea of dream goals from the Four Hour Workweek, but. Uh, I actually show you how. And I have a lot of sharing economy resources listed in the book. And I'm really excited about it, this topic, because it really empowers you in ways that you've never been empowered in human history before. whether it's on your laptop or your phone. So the actual ride-sharing platform that I mentioned is called uh, Get Around. And if you go on that website, let's say you want to uh, drive a Tesla Roadster, you don't have to work hard for 20 years to save up, you know, $70,000 Seventy or eighty thousand dollars to drive a Tesla. You can go on there and rent a Tesla for twenty-five dollars an hour.
0: Wow, that's, that's you know, I, I
1: actually, uh, <laughs> yeah, before this interview, I, I just double-checked that, and, and I saw there's a Tesla available in San Francisco. But they also have other cars, and and and, uh, and so if, if you have your own car that's just sitting around in the driveway, you can be renting it out for uh, one hundred fifty dollars a day. Um, <clears throat> so that's that's one website is Get Around. Um, you mentioned another one on your po- uh when I interviewed you for my podcast, which was, uh, I think Flight Car, is that right?
0: Yeah, Flight Car is, uh, is for people who want to rent out their car while they're away on a holiday. And you can, you can basically, the way it works is you park it for free at the airport. And, um, and then if somebody wants to rent your car, then uh, you can even get paid for it. So instead of paying for parking, which tends to be quite expensive at the airport, um, you're actually making money.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, that's fantastic. And um, there's all these other resources that I can touch on. Uh, like there's this one called Girdle, which is an app. Have you heard of Girdle? Nope. Uh, Jasper? Mm-hmm. It's basically, you can share everyday objects. So let's say that you live in a condominium, and, or not a condominium, but let's say you live in the suburbs. And um, maybe back in the old days, uh, you had 20 homes and you had 20 different lawnmowers so it's very efficient you have to buy everyone in the neighborhood has to buy a lawnmower to mow their grass well now you can go on this app and you can share things with your neighbors awesome so you can, you can share lawnmowers you can share surfboards uh, anything that you might need you can share snowboarding equipment um,
0: That's and incredible. the way that works What's, is how do you spell this this app because i want to check this out
1: it's y-e-r-d-l-e y-e-r-d-l-e okay yeah, and I hope uh, you go sign up. It's it's really cool. And that's just one example, but there's also others. So the way these sharing economy platforms work is the more you share, the more credits that you earn, and the more you can use those credits. So there's also things like uh, sharing economy for language learning, like uh, this website, Italki. Have you heard of Italki, uh, no, Jasper?
0: No, I, I have not.
1: <clears throat> it's basically like you can go on there. It's, it's I-T-A-L-K-I, italki.com. And it has all these language. Uh, it's like sharing languages, so you can have like a language exchange with uh, someone in Russia, for example, if you want to learn Russian, and you connect on Skype, and you can charge for these lessons, or you can also uh, earn credits and use those credits to learn other languages. So if you speak another language, you can go on websites like these and earn extra money. Um, you, you can also earn money, uh, you know, renting your car and get around. You can also. Uh, I've even heard of these unusual ones. Like there's, there's this website called clubs anywhere. You can actually rent your golf clubs. So <laughs> how many of you guys have, have golf clubs, you know, sitting in the garage. You can be making money off of those. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it's incredible. If you think about it, like how many of our assets and things that we own are just sitting somewhere doing nothing, you know? I mean, if it, I mean, cars are, are an obvious one. I've never thought of like a, a landmower, lawnmower or like a like a golf club but yeah the golf club is probably sitting uh at your house like 99.9 percent of the time or something's different yeah
1: <laughs> you can be renting up those golf clubs for 50 a day
0: it's incredible <laughs> it's incredible
1: and, and you know and if you, i'm even looking on here uh there's another one called the quiver so if you have a surfboard um or a stand-up paddleboard. I've seen people renting those out for 120 dollars a day. Wow! Uh, so it's a sharing economy platform for renting surfboards and water. Equipment. And this is cr- this is incredible because if you think about it, you know, I'm I'm
0: using my house to sort of finance my travels. But you could, um, if you get really good at, at doing the the thing, um, and and I'm sure it's it's all it's all kind of similar the way these sharing platforms work. You can probably just buy a bunch of stuff that you need anyway, uh, rent it out and, and use that to to travel or to do whatever you want to do. And, um, you know, it's, it's just crazy. Like, you know, they, I think they call the, these people micropreneurs, like people who are basically just using their assets, knowledge and skills to, um, to monetize uh, them on different platforms. So, for example, uh, you you may own a house and you have a spare bedroom that you rent out on Airbnb, and then you use a service like Uber to drive a drive a a taxi for a couple hours a day, and then you may use WiseEnd, which is another platform for tutors, to teach somebody uh math for a couple of hours a day and then you can use your yep. to to rent out like all the other things that you own. <laughs> and basically you're 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 you you're making a full-time income by just using your different assets and your different skills.
1: That's what lifestyle design is all about. And you you hit the nail on the head. It's micropreneurship. um I also like to call it location independent entrepreneurship. Uh, mm-hmm. Because this Location independence, I mean, this is the key that unlocks all of the doors. Whatever it is you want to do in your life, if you want to go live in France or, you know, you want to take up painting, you know, you always had, you had a hobby that you've stifled since childhood. The the better you get at, at understanding this marketplace that exists online, the better that you get, uh, you understand it, uh, the more empowered that you are as an individual. And I talk a lot about this about in my book. It's what my book is all about. Um... And, and you can do all this stuff. It doesn't really require a huge investment in capital, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. I mean, if you have a phone or a laptop, you can participate in this uh, in this whole uh, looking for the right word bonanza that's going on here. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so. Yeah, and it's it's uh, you know I just spoke to the founder of a, a website called peers.org, dot p e e r s dot and they are a community of people who uh, who like the sharing economy. And they've listed a lot of platforms on their on their homepage. So I'm just looking at it now, and and one of the things we haven't talked about yet is the meal sharing platforms that are becoming pretty popular. And I know that Airbnb is experimenting with this in in San Francisco, where they allow Airbnb hosts to also um, use their use their house and their kitchen to provide meals um, to to strangers. And and this is another really cool way to to make some extra money if you're passionate about cooking you have a kitchen you have a, a dining table with with six chairs why not why not make a profile and and make some money and meet some people who are probably also passionate about food and uh, and make some friends yeah. at the same time um, It just it's just such a, such a great idea
1: it's, it's fantastic all the options that are out there and again the one common denominator is that these are all people, they're all real people. And uh, what the sharing economy has done, what Airbnb and these other websites have done is that they've given people an actual persona and identity online, um, whereas in the old way of doing things, you know, uh, circa 1999, you know, people are using anonymous screen names and chat rooms and you never know what the hell is going on in there. But, but now you have a review system and uh, you're able to facilitate these things offline. Uh, through online means
0: yeah absolutely it's it's just fascinating and it's it's so uh it's so empowering like you like you said before and i think a lot of people just don't realize all the opportunities that are out there right now and a lot of people are a little yeah. apprehensive about it because it's it's a new thing and and a lot of these things involve either meeting strangers having strangers stay at your house or you know sh- um uh, having a stranger, a stranger drive your car. And often people have, uh, you know, they have uh, emotional bonds with the things they own and they, f- they don't feel so comfortable, uh, sharing them with, with others. But, um, I think that's something but, that's, yeah. that's changing, you know, and, and what, what are it's, your thoughts on that? It's definitely
1: changing. There, I, I agree. It's definitely changing. And there's also a very, uh, large segment of the population mm-hmm. who doesn't feel that way and who is willing to share. Um, if, if you go on Craigslist, you know, and this is an old website, an old example, but uh, when I was traveling around the U.S. and Canada, I spent about two or three months uh, just road tripping and in the U.S., if you take a Greyhound, it's very expensive. So I was just using ride-sharing, going from place to place. So I would drive from L.A. to San Francisco, and I would share a car with someone and pay them maybe like 25 bucks uh, to help out with the gas. And people are willing to uh, share their car you know, on this trip with a stranger. And I did a lot of that, and I saved a lot of money. And I was able to travel uh, for, for two and a half months around U.S. and Canada for less than I spend on renting my apartment back home uh, just, just by sharing resources with people. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, again, it all comes down to these relationships and how well you're able to build these relationships. You can build these relationships very, very quickly. And um, realizing that you know, 99% of people are, are, are good, and if you're not sure, you can always you know, do a background check on them. You can Google me and you can find a background on me or, or Jasper here. Uh, Or you can, you know, look on our profiles and our public profiles and you can see what other people have said.
0: Right. Yeah. And this is, uh, you know, a lot of Airbnb hosts are are apprehensive uh, about hosting before they start. But the experience are almost exclusively positive. Um, Of course... You know, anything you do, there's always a risk that that's you know that something goes wrong or or you you meet some people with bad intentions. But that's just part of life. That that's you know that's that's just uh, ingrained into everything that we do. And um, I always think if you don't want to run any risk, then you should stay in your bed, and then you'll die, <laughs> you'll die young uh, as a result of a heart attack. Um, so yeah, you know, anything you do in life has some risks. But uh, as far, I mean. I've heard I- hardly heard any negative experiences with with uh, with Airbnb and I imagine like with a lot of these sharing platforms <clears throat> the people who are who are enthusiastic about these platforms are are generally just really good people who want to meet others and who want to have like uh, great experiences
1: yeah I mean I'll just put some perspective to what you just said I mean using couch surfing has literally changed my life like <clears throat> I could not believe uh, the hospitality that I experience um at the hands of like I, the first time i used couch surfing was in vietnam and just just how many people were willing to just meet me and help me i had my wallet stolen when i was in hanoi and um i had you know so many people helping me out after that that I, I met through like these couch surfing groups um and i was just blown away you know and, and they were offering me things for free like offering free places to stay and i was like wow you know this this has restored my faith in humanity, and. I mean, you have to look at it like if I'm afraid of something. If you're afraid of something, is it subjective view or is it really an ob- objective view? Because if you look at the media, you're going to hear all kinds of stories about other countries and you know how they're dangerous and how there's so many uh, people being beheaded and all these you know horrible incidents happening around the globe. But have you actually traveled to those countries and have you actually met the people who are living their day to day lives there? And it's it's the same thing with um, you know if you have a fear of airbnb is your fear rational or is it irrational and if it's abstract if you haven't defined the fear then i think you need to do a little probing and see is is my fear uh, objective reality or not
0: yeah and in general life you don't want to you don't want to have fear prevent you from uh, doing the things that make life so great you know you you want to be empowered and definitely don't want to uh to not reach your full potential and and do the things that will empower you to to sort of live your dream and, and accomplish what you want to accomplish. Um, so yeah, I think that's yep. a, just a general life lesson, you know, to, uh,
1: and so you know, yeah, and I look at it, the way, uh, the way to beat fear is to chip away at it. I think, um, if, if your fear is large, you got to think of it like a tree, uh, a tree is not uh, cut down with one stroke. You have to keep hacking at it. Yeah. And, And the way that you can do that is you can take little baby steps. Like you said on my podcast, um, you said, just, just try it, you know, just, just put yourself out there. Um, And with, with myself, when I got out of my comfort zone, uh, I just took a a trip to Mexico for uh, a couple of months, which didn't seem like a big deal, but back then it was a big deal for me. And I realized, you know, like if something went wrong, I could always drive back home. But for me it was a big deal because I had to get out of my comfort zone. And what I always like to tell people is that just taking baby steps can lead to big
0: breakthroughs mm-hmm. absolutely and this reminds me of one story that we featured on uh, on our on our podcast um, a while ago um, his name was Alexander and he was very so apprehensive about about hosting that he it took him two months or something to accept his first uh, guest he kept declining <laughs> all the all the inquiries because there were people from countries that he didn't know and you know he didn't feel comfortable and finally like a uh, a Dutch person, uh, Alexander is Dutch too, uh, wanted to stay at this place. And, and then finally he felt comfortable to do it. And the interesting thing is now he accepts pretty much every single inquiry. It doesn't matter where people are from. He's, he's totally lost all that fear. And that's, that's a really good point that you make. Like start, you know, start with a baby step. And for you that was traveling to Mexico as opposed to you know uh, the other side of the, of the world, and for Alexander, that was hosting a, a person from his own country, um, that uh, and use that as a stepping stone to uh, to 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 uh, to grow, basically.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's it's all about your own growth in this game. If if you want to uh, really do well with this micropreneurship, um, you are the common denominator that's central to all of this. And sometimes you have to give up who you are in order to become who you want to be. Um, And there's actually a story. uh, There's a book called Market Wizards um, by, I think his name is Vic Sperandeo. I I don't know, but uh, when he tells a story about a stock market contest uh, where the smartest people lost all of the money and it's because uh, they were so sure in their beliefs uh, that they held on to their stocks even when they were obviously going to fail, but they, they thought they were so smart and basically, they all lost all—they all lost all their money. And basically, the lesson that he says is that sometimes you have to change in order to adapt to reality. Absolutely <laughs> great And in uh, Aikido, uh, what they actually say is is that uh, to be the water and not the rock. So whenever you encounter an obstacle, uh, water flows around it, and rock breaks and crumbles. So it basically what I I guess what I'm getting at is that you have to be willing to adapt and the more flexible that you are, uh, the less rigid that you are in your own beliefs, the better you will do, uh, when it comes to Airbnb or micropreneurship or location independent entrepreneurship, lifestyle design. Awesome. Uh, I think that's a great, uh, great topic to,
0: to end this podcast episode with, um, Danny, thank you so much for, for joining. It was a great chat. And then, you know, we talked a lot about, uh, about, the sharing economy and the different ways that people can use their skills and assets to to uh to monetize but also to to meet other people and uh i think this is a really interesting topic i will make sure to list all the the websites and the resources that you mentioned in the show notes which can be found at uh slash podcast um danny uh you know i know you're a really interesting person and you know you have some uh some really inspiring stories and thoughts and and products and resources. So I'd love for our listeners to, um, to know where they can find out more about you. It's, called open
1: world magazine and it's at OpenworldMag.com. And, uh, basically it's a resource, uh, for knowledge and growth. Um, we like to feature the most inspiring and empowering stories of individuals, um, in order to, uh, empower the normal person to take charge of their life and do the things they've always wanted to do so um, if you have a dream that you put on the back burner uh we we want to help inspire you and empower you with these tools uh in this digital age so that you can get to where you want to go so that's openworldmag.com and we also have a podcast on there and um, i also have a forthcoming book it will be uh if you sign up for our mailing list at OpenWorldMag, uh, you'll get information on that. And we have a whole bunch of free resources and links to other resources you can check out.
0: Awesome, man. Well, I recommend everybody check that out. I know uh, I've I've seen your, your blog and I know that there's a lot of good shit on there. So um, everybody <laughs> go check it out. And, uh, of course, if you want to learn more about Airbnb hosting, go to pet. and you will find several resources that are completely for free, including an audiobook, the first few chapters of our book that is also for sale on Amazon, which is called Get Paid for Your Pad. And, of course, check back every Monday and Thursday for another episode of Get Paid for Your Pad. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you next time. Get
1: paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad.